Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Brooke Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is, Nick. We watch this trash so you don't have to. Nick, we promised them we would stop <laughs> doing that. I'm starting to like it. Uh, I'm starting to like it. I just listened to last week's episode yesterday and we, we said that we would never do it again. Listen, I'm not re-listening to these shows. I don't know what we said. And, and last week's episode we did like two weeks ago. You should listen to us because it's no. like hanging out with us. I, yeah, that's why I don't listen. What? I find us annoying. I find us very funny. <laughs> I'm like, I'm funny. like, la- I, you make me laugh so much. Oh my God. And I like you too. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, I edit these. So I, I listen to about, I would say, 45% of an episode. Okay. Um, immediately after doing it. Yeah. And y- honestly, like once I'm like done with an episode, like I just, it becomes dirty to me. I'm like, get this thing out of here. You're and I'm ready. only thinking about next week. That is the nature of our disposable uh, um, uh, forum we have here. Which Create is content. Just, spread it. And it doesn't matter. It. Old content doesn't mean shit in the podcast, in the weekly podcast game. That's true. You know what I mean? I, I would say that our podcasts are pretty evergreen. As a matter of fact, today we're going to be talking about an incredibly evergreen uh, subject. We are going to be talking about Southern Charm Season 2. Yeah. We have dedicated ourselves to catching up with the franchise. We are watching season yeah. by season. And every time we finish a season, we're going to dedicate one episode to that entire season. Yeah. That's kind of how we're doing this. Um, it's tough to manage this podcast with so much reality out we there. We watch so much television, y'all, but we are gonna we have made this commitment to Southern Charm. We made the commitment and and didn't couldn't commit to a, a more savory group of individuals. I'll wow. tell you that. Wow. And uh, guys, just real quick, if you haven't already given us five stars on the Apple Podcast app, please go ahead and scroll down there, give us five stars, write something nice. It really makes our day. And this is this only this is the only um time i'm gonna say that on this episode yes nick will say it later but we're getting one in up top also ashley's a little under the weather i mean we we had a uh a wild week away from one another which i'd actually like to talk about uh, because we we haven't really shared our experiences we've been waiting to talk to each other in earnest on this podcast but i want to say yes after we're done doing this we are going to talk southern charm if you're wondering why we're talking about season two, well, that's because we talked about season one about a month ago. So if you're new to our show um, and you and you want to hear what our thoughts on season one were, because obviously they have changed now that we're through season two, well, go check that podcast out. And hell, check out all of our backlogged episodes. They're all up on iTunes and they're all up on SoundCloud. And honestly, we've given, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of hours to this podcast at this point, maybe 150 hours to this podcast. Hey, not counting watching time, not counting watching time. And also, I don't think we're even I'm even counting recaps, folks. I mean, we got a lot of content out there anyway. So Ashley and I were uh, apart. I mean, that's very rare for us. We live up each other's butt literally and figuratively. And this is, I think, the longest we've ever been apart. It was it's one of the longest. And it felt crazier because we just came off uh, a week where we were literally attached at nonstop. We went on a, a, a comedy tour for a week in the South. Southeast, which was a wonderful. We talked about that last episode. Um, and then immediately coming back here, we had a couple of days uh, back in Brooklyn. And then Ashley went off to teach at Sarah Lawrence College. Yeah. 
Wow. What were you doing up there? I was teaching creative writing and stand-up comedy to a group of high school kids. It's a summer camp. It's called like Sarah Lawrence Writers Intensive, and it's for a week. But because of July 4th, we had the 4th off. So it was like we were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. So I got back um, Saturday night, which was last night, and I got there Sunday um, night for orientation for the teachers. So I was basically gone for what is that seven whole six seven whole days you were gone seven whole days yeah yeah and it was from 9 a the days there were from 9 a.m to 5 p.m so i wasn't really talking to you on the phone and then people had the option to come back to new york um but it seemed why it seemed like a bad idea for me as someone who cannot wake up in the morning to then add like an hour and a half hour commute to my morning schedule. So I just did what the majority of teachers did, which was take a dorm on campus and live as a college student wow. for the week. Wow. And I mean, honestly, I want to hear all about what it was like to teach uh, kids stand up comedy. I know nothing of that. Yeah. But uh, first, let's talk. Uh, that was uh, me being sarcastic. Yeah. Ashley and I, that's our forte. We teach children stand up. Um, but I want to know what was it like to jump back into being a cop? You're on, you're in a goddamn dorm. Oh my God. He- Nick, it was heaven. It was truly where I should be, where I need to be, where I plan on getting back. I love the dorm atmosphere. I love the communal living, but also my own private space. Um, I loved just being on campus. Sarah Lawrence is like a wonderland. Like it's so beautiful and it's like full of these like like gothic sort of um, stone buildings like Harry Potter-esque or Kirkland-esque. You know those like... Kirkland, the brand from uh, the Price Club from... Uh- Oh, no. I'm thinking of that store in the mall that would have like the oil prints of like the cottage and the in the woods and the leaves are changing. Do you remember that store? Was that called Kirkland's? Well, Kirkland is the brand that they use at Costco or or not Costco. What's is that the one where you buy all the huge amounts of food? Yeah, that's Costco. Yeah. Like all of their pants are made is Kirkland. Okay. That's the only thing I know about Kirkland. I haven't heard of uh, anything else. I think I'm getting it wrong. It's okay. It's upsetting. So what town is this in? This is in Bronxville and also kind of Yonkers. It's yeah. like, but mainly Bronxville. And that's a very nice part of uh, New York. Right? Oh my God, Nick. It's beautiful. It was so freaking beautiful. And in the middle of campus, they had like this little hobbit house surrounded by trees, which was like a tea shop during the school year. What? They yeah. sell tea yeah. on a shop on campus? Yeah, in a hobbit house. So would you have liked to have gone to Sarah Lawrence if, yes. if you knew what it was mm-hmm. like when you were in college age? Yeah, for sure. Except for I did find out that at one time, Sarah Lawrence had been the most expensive college in the country. And now it's just expensive. So I, you know, I lucked out. I went to North Carolina State University and I had a scholarship that covered a big part of my tuition. So I am very thankful. I'm someone that did not have get like burdened down with student debt. Hey, Bernie's trying to cancel it all. So yeah, but the, um, the, the, you know, North Carolina State University had like 30,000 students and tractors on campus. Sarah Lawrence has like 10,000 students, mm, 5,000 students, and like is full of wildlife that's like running up to you to sing a song on your shoulder. That sounds wonderful. But 5,000 students, that's like a real big high school, right? Yeah, it was like, I, I don't know if 5,000 is the right amount, but I know it's like very small, 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 yeah. small, small. 
And uh, you were living in dorms and you guys were hanging out. All the teachers were hanging out in the common rooms. Yes, we had like a total little crew. So basically the way it worked is there were five groups of students, like anywhere from I think like 12 to 15 kids. And then each group, you had like your home group, which was your writing group. They had a writer's teacher, a writing assistant, and then like the theater teacher. And the theater teacher was me. So there was five theater teachers total. And the theater teachers all got put in the same dorms. So every night we were just like doing what you do if you're a theater teacher in the dorms. That's right. Playing poker, sharing stories, throwing back wine. Reading sonnets. Yeah. Um, so cracking each other up, having the best time. Yeah, it's kind of like a little retreat. Yeah, it was really, really wonderful. I thought that I was going to get a lot of work done. Like going into it, I was like, I'm going to finish this writing thing. I'm going to, I'm going to put, I'm going to organize all my stand up into different categories. But the truth is, is that if you're with teenagers from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., you're not going home and then being productive. You're relaxing, you're zoning out. Um, you know, even the on July 4th, I stayed in the dorms because you had like a full day planned uh, with your friends. And so I was like, I'm just going to stay here. And I was like, I'll get so much writing done. I got zero writing done, but I did have the best day. Yeah, I mean, it is nice to take a holiday on so, on, on a holiday. To actually take a holiday on a holiday yeah. is like such a privilege it's nice. and a treat. Something that I did while I was at Sarah Lawrence was I um, rollerbladed a lot. I like rollerbladed on their tennis courts a bunch because no one was using them. Best place to blade. Yeah, I rollerbladed on the park in the parking lots, which was a mistake. Um, I did get lots of weird looks, and I was like, okay, let me go back to the tennis courts. I read in the grass, like put out a towel, and then just like read in the grass for hours. The quad. In the quad. Is it in the quad or on the quad? It's on the quad. It's in the quad. In the quad. And I, of course, I um, explored the local bargain shopping. Ashley, 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 you're not away from home unless you're actually going to either a Target, a Marshalls, or a TJ Maxx. Maxx. I went wow. to two TJ Maxx's and one Marshalls. You went to two TJ Maxx's? Two TJ Maxx's and one Marshalls. So what's up with the TJ? I haven't been in the TJ Maxx since, since I was a teenager. It's still rocking and rolling? Oh, hell yeah. What the fuck? Are people still... I mean, what, what kind of stuff are we looking at? Same type of style where it, everything on every rack is different from the next rack over and a lot of uh, irregular clothing and, and things of that Everything uh, was really great. I spent a ton of money. It was nice. <laughs> it was nice to be in a TJ Maxx. Like, the, the one in New York, the one that we have here is like so shitty because it's like completely picked over. Yeah, you know, there's not you're not gonna find any. You're not gonna find a gym because someone found that gym, uh, that diamond in the rough hours before you showed up. And then the TJ Maxx near your your mom's place in New Jersey is like just not a good TJ Maxx. Not a good TJ Maxx. I've never been to that. I've we're, we've been to the Marshalls. Over it's not there. a good Marshalls. Yeah, right. that's what I meant. It's not a good Marshalls, and that's the risk you run. And that's why I went to two TJ Maxx's and one Marshalls because they really vary from store to store. So um, I will say that two out of the three were awesome. Uh, so what did you buy? You really want me to list everything I bought? Well, I mean, is that hard? I mean, I just, I know that you bought some yoga mats. I bought one yoga mat because I wanted to do yoga on campus and my yoga mat was in Brooklyn. And then I was like, 
I've been trying to get Nick to do yoga with me. I know he's open to it. Why don't I just also get this yoga mat? It'll be his, but I can use it this week. So I got a yoga mat for you, baby. Yeah. I got two shirts. One is awesome. One's a dud. I need to take back. You're going to take something back to a TJ Maxx? Yeah, baby. Just cut it up. What? Just cut it up, make it use it as a quilt. Oh my god! Do they return things to TJ Maxx? Of course. Oh ah, man, it's it just seems as though that's the last end for clothing. You can't return it. I guess a goodwill. Um. So and then I got a lot of beauty stuff. Of course you did. And Ash. I got some dental floss. You love it. You love and it. And I got some moon cheese. Oh my lord, moon cheese is fantastic. That was my week. And then now you have a nice uh, day and a half um, to recover before tomorrow. Or the day you're listening to today. Monday. Where Ashley and I start our summer camp in which we teach teenagers stand-up comedy. Another summer camp. Yep. We've been doing it for years, so we're gearing up for that. Um, And uh, hey, plug the kids in comedy. You know what I mean? That's what's going on in New York City. That's our employer. We've been there for years. Sign up for that shit if if you're a a person under the age of uh, 18 and you're in New York City during the year or for the summer. You could take the summer camp. Come on now, folks. The teachers are Ash and I. We wouldn't steer you wrong. Um, and uh, so my my week, Yeah, tell me about your week, your bachelor life in Brooklyn. It was wild. You know, normally, I would say, when you're gone for a few days, what that means for me is unabashedly binging on horrible food. That's what? kind of what I do. That's like my, my uh, married guy, party guy thing. I am not <laughs> married, but... Ashley and I, uh, as we we're said, basically married. we're not, but uh, I want to save that for, for when that a- ever happens. <gasps> Babe, you know are you I about mean? to propose to me on pod? And it's interesting that you say that because, can you guys hear me? Look, I'm getting on a knee. No, all right. I'm not, that wasn't good. Fo- <laughs> that wasn't good Foley. <laughs> Why was uh, your knee? I, <laughs> I got bad knees. They crack. <laughs> Um, no, I, uh, normally that's what I do, but I committed myself to after when Ashley and I got back from our Southeastern tour, as we talked to you about last time, which is pretty much all biscuits and sweet tea for about, um, a week. So I, uh, you guys know I'm the keto guido and, um, uh, I, I committed myself to a less strict, more healthy version of, uh, keto where I'm not just eating like whole chickens and whatnot uh, over and over again. And I'm also doing intermittent fasting, which means I only eat for about eight-hour period, which I found completely helped me with the what would normally happen, which is at night I'm binging on garbage because I'm up late and I'm starving, and so I'll just eat trash. But if I know I can't eat past 8 p.m., I get my meal in, and then it's just I'm resigned to... With, to the fact that I'm not going to eat, and then I have less of a chance to eat trash. So this uh, IF, as they call it, um, which is you, you eat for eight hours, you fast for 16 hours. I'm really eating from about 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. usually, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's helped me. It helped me this week not breaking because even if I was keto and I wasn't doing IF, from the hours of like 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., I'm like jamming as many, you know, almonds in my mouth as I possibly can. You know, I'm just trying to satiate this ever longing for for sweets and carbs by just eating what I can eat. You know, at the aforementioned moon cheese, I'd be eating Love a bag it. of that at 10.30 p.m. And although that works in a... a keto sense it isn't the healthiest way to live and it makes me eat i'm eating cheese at midnight you know crazy things i probably shouldn't be doing but if i'm if i'm restricted to the hours that i can eat that 
double da- doubles down uh, the the point of of me trying to get healthier. Uh, so I know it doesn't work for a lot of people, and the uh, people uh, see this thing as like, oh my god, you're only restricting your, you know. It actually the the IF is aiding the rest of the diet rather than piling on. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah. To where it's like if I I would always be able to just eat more trash, and now I don't have to because it's like fuck it, I can't I can't eat anymore at all. So right. I you know, and now I'm what am I doing at night? What am I doing at night? I'm drinking big glasses of water. How do you feel about it? I love it because I, I met this person at a job that I had who was telling me all about the importance of water. You see, <laughs> I I just grew up not Nick's drinking much water. never been a water, water fan. No. Two things about Nick you should know. He is not a fan of water and he is not he has no sort of like getting ready for bed r- ritual. He doesn't can't get into the mindset of like now we're shutting it down, now we're getting into bed. He needs to wait until he has to yeah. fall asleep. I'm like what's going on? And also like uh, Ashley like uh, has like uh, 500 things she does to her face. Yeah, and I me- like sl- I have a ritual of shutting it down and, and being like okay, now's my bedtime. I not I might not be sleepy, but let me start preparing no. for bed and go to bed. Me, I don't think like you ever I kick had- my socks off and I'm like, "All right, I'm lay down now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you just like stay awake until you fall asleep. Yeah. Now I'll say I was w- with IF. I am not there. I am shutting it down quicker because I know in the morning I'll be able to eat. There's like a, ah. it's like I'm kind of hungry and it's like, what am I doing? I'm tired. I'm like, I should just go to bed. When like if I was a little hungry and I was still kind of tired and then there was like a pack of moon cheese. I'm like, well, I'll go to bed after I eat these at 1 yeah. p- one a.m. And then you, you know. get like a little burst of energy from the food yeah, and you yeah. stay up an extra hour. I will say, listeners, um, Nick has clearly lost weight since I've been gone. Well, I he, like that. He Thank looks you. like toner. And I've been I've gone to the gym almost every every morning. I'm not I'm not going crazy. I'm not I'm not going crazy. I'm not working out uh, with weights, but I am uh, I'm on the elliptical for 45 minutes. I push it really hard. You're moving the body. I'm moving the body. Um, but I was saying with this person I met at this job. Yeah, I want to hear more water, about this. She scared me away from seltzer because like uh, I don't know if you blowhards know Ashley and I. Well, I've gotten Ashley into this really. But we are an we are a seltzer heads. Like I yeah. mean, we're bu- I mean, for a while we were buying big bottles of it, and then I got into this thing where I was buying a twelve pack of Lacroix like every two days. Yeah, we were going and through I mean, that. Like- we're drinking three, four seltzers a piece at night, and then this uh, woman, um, she uh, told me that uh, all of the carbonation is not good for your body, and it's um it's bad for the acidity that's in your body. Does something to the pH, right? And something's going on, and of course, it always leads to well, it could cause cancer. You know Ugh. what I mean? Like that does that's everything. Did so, she say anything about IF? Yes, she does it. She does yep. it. Yep. And her one thing was, and this person was a nutritionist, she, right? No, she was. She works in television, but she has a degree in nutrition. A, okay. A, a four year degree in nutrition. She knows all about it. Her window is very crazy. The one thing that she didn't have buttoned up is she eats very, very late and doesn't get enough sleep. So I think she was like not eating till like three or four Whoa. and then eating eating till like 11 or 12. Like uh, What did she night. have to say about IF? She believes in it? She believes in it. I mean, she clearly, does not she's believe in it. keto. 
She doesn't believe in keto, mostly because the meat is not good for you. Yeah, um, that it's too much meat. She told me that if you're going to do keto, that's fine. But what you should do is really try to fill up on the veggies first, and then you wouldn't want that piece of meat. There's just so much like preservatives and coloring and hormones in meat that if that is your main source of food, it, it there's got to be a negative side effect to that. Yeah. Um, but it is so, so good. Um, I haven't gotten off the meat yet, but I'm definitely eating way more salads Gross. and veggies. The best thing that ever happened to me was doing keto because it made me become a vegetarian. Oh. Uh, and you also like pastries. So that helps. I love pastries. <laughs> um, and the other thing is my 4th of July, I went to Coney Island, went to a Cyclones game, Boop. had so much fun at the Cyclones game. It's so laid back and stress-free to go to a Cyclones game. I realized I do not need to see the New York Yankees play anymore. What? I get bored at a baseball game. Uh, like, I kind of just want to be there, hang out, see some. I like when the baseball is almost in the background. You're you know there for I the mean? environment. I'm there to, like, look around, have a good time, be with some people I like, you know. And uh, what's nice about the Cyclones game is, like, who gives a shit? They stink. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're single A ball, um, or as I was told, rookie ball, because they're, they're single A, which is the lowest division of uh, baseball that you could be. Um, but this is a single A short season ball, which is even lower than that. They have a shorter season. But yet, it's the goddamn uh, Coney Island Cyclones. Wow. I mean, you're in Coney Island. Uh, you know, you could see the the Wonder Wheel from your seat. Um, there's a fa- there's a fantastic uh, host of the events uh, over there, which is this king. He's kind of like one of those guys that owns a... Um, a uh, like a used car lot or like yeah. a car lot yeah. who has local commercials like in a big king suit and he's like get over to the kings because it's crazy he's like crazy eddie he's like that uh but he just like is the guy who does that and he's got a great brooklyn voice you know so much fun he was doing push-ups he was having a good time i loved the king not only that, Coney Island Cyclones are selling spiked seltzer. Spiked seltzer in the stadium. And that's my new jam now that I'm not eating, uh, I'm not having any sugar. If I want to be on a rooftop and hang out with my boys, my friends, they're all drinking. I don't need to drink vodka because now there's spiked seltzer. It's got no goddamn sugar in it. Um, and it tastes really good. It tastes like, you know, uh, it tastes like a fucking cranberry and seltzer. Like, it's, What's the alcohol in it? I don't know. I think it has some, I think it's basically, like they're they're doing whatever they did with like smearing off ice you know what i mean huh. where it's uh um really the healthy alternative to not uh to like a, a beer or a cider and what's the downside the downside is you drink them like they're water and gotcha. all of a sudden you drink like five at a party and you're like i'm fucking drunk <laughs> shout out to our friend sachi in which that happened to me I happy had to birthday run, I, sachi I had to run out of her house because i had five spiked seltzers and i'm like why and i'm like i gotta go it's three um, and I ran away. I missed that too. Oh, you missed Sachi's got a new little cat, by the way. I met Puddin. No, no, she's got a new one. I met that one too. Wally? Yeah. The oh, tiny yeah, man. teeny. Wally is so little teeny tiny. Yeah. Wow. He was found in a wall. He was found in a wall. That's why he's Wally or Wally. Um yes. Or it's a she actually. It's a Wally is a she. There you go. Now they have three cats. Now they have three cats. Um so- I was the one there that officiated the deal. 
Oh, really? Do you know what the deal is? No. What's the bro? Oh, what that sh- they never moved to? They never move out of New York City. They don't have to leave Brooklyn. We're airing out close friends things. Yeah, that's true. But I was things. the I was the person that officiated the deal. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. So yeah. basically, uh, I, a bunch of people being like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Our friend Sachi, who I used to do a podcast with called Junk Food, which is still up on the internet. God damn it, I still pay for it. If you want to hear what Fat Nick was doing twice a week, he was eating snacks with a bunch of comedians in New York City and his good friend Sachi, who co-hosted the Junk Food podcast. Check that out. But I was over for her birthday. Ashley couldn't make it. And they have they had two cats, and now they have three cats, and there's a little one. And I found out that uh, her husband basically said, hey, listen, I'll stop uh, pressuring us to move out of New York City if we can keep this little cute cat. She was like, I'll take it. And that's the best way to get a cat. Yeah. Folks. I mean, because this is a cutie. That's not much of a deal. This is a cutie. Easy to keep Agreed. this cat. Our cat, though, I'll tell you that. I'll throw her right out the window. I'm ready to get rid of her. I mean, she's waking me up at 5 a.m. every she morning. She doesn't even like us. <laughs> she's waking me up for food and yelling in my face. Hey! Give me some food. And then when she's not yelling at us, she's just in the back room, like ignoring us. I mean, for real. Uh, you guys have cats. So they sit on your lap. Well, guess what? Ours doesn't. Lily does not. She doesn't want to touch us. She doesn't want to sleep with us. <laughs> she don't like us. She just doesn't like us. And yet, I love her so much. She's our little baby. Um, And uh, let's see. Did I do anything else really fun besides the dieting and the cyclones? Yeah, I went to some a birthday party for did some you miss cool me? friends. Um. Yes, of course, I did that. Of uh, of mostly doing that, I was okay. mostly missing you. Okay, good. I watched uh some uh, anime movies. That's something I did while you were gone, real loud. Um, I watched some some essential pieces of anime. Um, which was uh, Akira and Ghost in the Shell, which are like the two... I'm familiar with Ghost in the Shell. Yes, they made a a, uh, uh, a live action with Scarlett Johansson of, yeah. in like uh, a couple years ago, Just which crazy. I heard was very bad. Um, but the movie, uh, the, the anime is uh, fantastic. So that's what I did. Um, really didn't watch much reality TV without you, babe. I'll tell you I that. I can't believe that Are You the One is already two episodes in and we haven't watched it yet. Well, it's good for us because we're going to watch three episodes for next week. And it's yeah. good that you brought this up. Next week is going to be our first foray into this new season of Are You the One. We will be caught up by the time we talk to you next. And so please catch up with us because we're pretty much going to be talking about that the entire episode of next week. Yep. Um, and you know what? Let's take a break here when we come back we'll get into the meat of this episode which is southern charm season two we are back uh okay we're gonna jump right into this great so ashley and i watched season one uh in about a week and we watched season two probably in about a month right well i really feel like we watched season two in about a week and some change but we were saving the reunion for the day before we recorded the pod and then just because of the way like our pod schedule worked out, we had to keep pushing back the reunion because like last week, Double Shot of Love ended. We wanted to devote the podcast to that because that was like timely and felt like very much of the moment. Right. And this is something that can wait. And I will say this is causing me a lot of stress, actually, because I want to be blowing through this Southern Charm. Like I'm craving it. I'm that's the show I want to watch. But because of the way our pod schedule is, we're like, okay, well, we're not going to we're not going to record the recap until 
like X, Y, Z. And so we're, we're really pacing ourselves with it and it's killing me. Well, I would say that we would probably pace ourselves. Uh, we would be at a quicker pace if, if Bravo would allow this to be on Hulu for some reason, these uh, old seasons are not on Hulu. I mean, put the first three up on Hulu. Yeah. Um, the, uh, real housewives, like all of their backlogged seasons are on Hulu. They're like a season behind, on everything but that's fine um because hey bro i pay 12 bucks a month with for no commercials give me them without no any commercials because the bravo commercials that are on the bravo app the it's bra- ridiculous it's it's insane amount of commercials i mean six commercials at a clip and god could it be for more worthless shit six commercials every five minutes and then it gets stuck and then you have to reload the bravo app I mean, how many, who doesn't have a cell phone uh, uh, network, a wireless network at this point? You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe uh, g- give me a commercial for a new pair of pants. I haven't or seen a commercial me, for pants in a long time. Show me one Liberty Mutual commercial. Not 12. Yeah, I get, I get it. I get it. It's like, the other thing is like, why do they have to put the commercial, the same commercials in every commercial block as if somebody watches half of these or tunes in halfway through? Like, we get the point. It's, uh, we get it, folks. Season two was a wild ride. We started off. I thought maybe we can start by just recapping how we felt at the end of season one about all the characters. Yeah. So um, really quick, season one, the whole thing was about uh, T-Rev trying to come to terms with the fact that he is a convicted felon and that he may want to run again for Senate. And this is him trying to th- think, contemplating what does he have to do to get his life in order to be a uh, actual candidate for the uh, South Carolina Senate. And his love affair with Catherine. Catherine, this uh, young woman who um, he had previously had a relationship with uh, in some fashion, uh, rekindles this. His friends are saying, hey, we like Catherine. She comes from a great family. This could be good for you and your career. That was talked about quite a bit from T-Rav's buddies. Um, And uh, also the fact that a bunch of his other friends thought maybe this isn't the best idea. And when you say a bunch of his other friends, you mean Whitney. Craig also, big time season one, not a Catherine fan. That's you, true. I'll point you to the scene between him and Shep when they're throwing darts in the bar where he tells Shep, hey, listen, uh, don't you think she kind of just wants to be in our, you know, friend group? And she trapped T-Rav. She tried to trap you. She, uh, I wanted her right to trap now. me. I'm going to say this right now. A 21-year-old girl, barely a woman, is not trapping a 50-year-old man. That is insane, okay? The way that Catherine is painted on this show as if she is like some sort of conniving vixen when she is barely an adult blows my mind. Okay, continue. And uh, Craig Craig had that feeling. Shep seemed like he was on the same side but really wasn't, you know, he's more of a gentleman. He's not. He's a southern gentleman, not like that Yankee Craig who's going to talk his uh, mind. Delaware. As a matter of fact, uh, there's the infamous uh, scene in which they're all at a dinner party at T-Rav's, and that's when Craig tells Catherine and everybody else, you slept with three people at this table. Um, you know, maybe you shouldn't be talking a lot about class. Now, Craig clearly drawing the line in season uh, one between him and Catherine. So that's what's going on over there. Also, Craig, he's kind of a party boy. He's kind of a fun guy. He's at this job that he kind of doesn't like, uh, but he kind of does like where he's he is a paralegal, still hasn't taken the bar. His friends are like, hey, you should take the bar. That's all going on in the first season. Cameron, she becomes a... Uh, 
a uh, real estate, a real agent. estate agent. That's a very boring situation to watch uh, play wah, out. Wah. Then there's another boring character named Jenna who does not make it to season two. Thank God. Um, and then Patricia, of course, which is Whitney's mother, who's wonderful, of the, the queen, castle. love her so much. Uh, and then there's Whitney, who has a band um, called the uh, d- the Hard Ons or something, the the Dong Lickers. It's Boner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Dong Lickers. Something, something <laughs> they had. Right, Renob, which, uh, and then of course the ancillary character, my favorite of season one, which is JD, which is uh, T Rav's best boy. Um, and Danny. And then, uh, oh, of course, Danny, which is Shep's uh, old flame who kind of clings on to different things, getting Shep in strange conversations over dinners and letting Shep know that he needs to grow up or he's never going to find a woman. Uh, these are the people that we see. Shep, of course, we're just watching this man live off of his uh, family and his estate and just really enjoying Mailbox his life. Mailbox money, baby. Mailbox money, and he loves it. He's not scared of it, and I love him for it. Um, uh, personally, I didn't know how to feel about everybody coming into that first season. I came out a big Shep fan, um, and I kind of liked T-Rav and the first season i'm gonna admit it i like t-rav he was just a uh, a fun guy to watch get drunk every single episode t-rav is good reality television he, he is it's clear in season two that he is torturing Catherine, and so therefore i can no longer enjoy him but in season one you can really sort of enjoy hey, t-rav. Man, he's t-rav he's partying um so then uh you know we we recapped that the last episode we jumped right in to season two and season two is is has a few things going on the big things being that t-rav excuse me travis ravenel um is now full-on campaigning for the senate of south carolina he's he's going in as an independent as uh, a libertarian Um, and the plan is to get enough votes where it makes him running again and the next election that much more realistic yes the comeback kid if you will um although uh over the uh break some changes have been made in his life where he and Catherine, his girlfriend had a baby now, I think this first episode of season two starts off with them having their second christening. They do. Because for, Ken- for Kensington. Kensington. Their, their Kenzie, little baby girl. Their little baby girl. So cute. Very cute. And they have to have a second christening because something happened with T-Rav and the godmother in the first christening. And the way it's framed is like Catherine is just being crazy because she saw Thomas and the godmother talking a little too close. And now they have to have another christening. I want to know the truth. I do not believe that at all. I think throughout this series that I've seen so far, Thomas's bad behavior is being blamed on Catherine in like a very strange fucked up gaslighting way where they're like it's actually Catherine's fault and it's like what the fuck are you talking about he is the one who is doing the bad thing yeah and so I want to know what happened with this first godmother who knows we don't know they don't really get into it they Please. just we just see this the second email us uh, at realityblowspodcast at gmail.com if you know what happened to the first godmother by the way a second christening is unprecedented, I believe. I, I mean, that I don't is think wild. That, I don't think God sees that. <laughs> I mean, they don't, yeah, he's like, what? Yeah. What is this pagan shit that's going on? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's wild, and nobody's at the christening. That's a big thing. T-Rav, it's hot. T-Rav, the entire time, is trying to change uh, the way people think about him. He keeps throwing different parties and inviting everybody. And it seems like 11 people show up max to all of these and things. And Patricia blames Catherine. Patricia I Whitney's mother. Yeah. this season. I got to say, I'm 100% there for Catherine. She's my favorite person on the show. I find her to be somewhat of a role model for me personally, watching her on this season. I know that Nick, like, you know, you don't 100% agree agree with me on some Catherine views and that's fine but like Patricia is being so judgmental of Catherine early in this season it made me kind of take a step back from Patricia because again they're talking about a 21 year old that has like an infant baby and is being forced to live in the basement by their partner who is doesn't appear to be supportive at all like Catherine this season starting cat this season this season starting off season two Catherine seems like a woman on the edge she seems like a beaten woman who is beaten mentally who is confused and is getting so many mixed signals that she doesn't know what to do besides retreat into herself and the fact that the Patricia is like Catherine planned this on this day and it was too hot and it wasn't decorated well and it's just like everybody leave Catherine the fuck alone you know what? I have been turned into a Catherine fan and supporter uh, towards the end of this season. I started to really uh, actually I, I started to actually realize uh, that um, whatever her intentions were initially to start a relationship with Travis, um, she is not to blame for the situation that they find themselves in at this point. And Travis's. I will say, I, yes, Travis is. And I will say I completely believe that Catherine was in love with Travis and she was caught up in a fantasy that he was feeding her and he might he was probably caught up in that fantasy too you know but I don't think I don't believe this idea that Catherine like faked feelings for Thomas and got pregnant so she could be on this show like that to me is so far-fetched it's much I, I believe it is easier the simpler and the most, the simpler and the most realistic thing is that she fell in love with someone and she got caught up in the excitement of being on the show. And I'm sure that compounded her love for him and the fantasy he was giving her. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to marry you once I get you pregnant. I want to have a child with you. You know, like we were all 21 once. I dated horrible guys who spun me way less fantasy, like much smaller fantasies and much smaller exciting enchanting worlds. And I still was like, I'll follow you to the end. This freaking apartment ain't, ain't enchanting enough for you. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. Um, that was my character of the crazy guy. I Can I finish one more thing about my yeah, Catherine rant? I will say that I really liked Cameron in season one, and I no longer like Cameron in season two. That was the big change for me in terms of people that I like. I still like Shep. I still like Craig. I still don't like Whitney. Um, Thomas, he was kind of entertaining, but really exposing himself to be a monster, especially, oh my God, at that reunion, I will bury you. I will bury you. No, he was like, uh, when they were talking about going to court, yeah. he was like, uh, to Catherine, he was like, I will destroy you in court. Yes. And, and, uh, what's like wonderful psychopath. is like the editors on that reunion, just zooming in on his face and his eyes when he's, he's making that switch, that yeah. change to evil T-Rab. It's crazy. So I will say that mostly, m- most of my opinions and feelings held up except for with Cameron 
I did a hard switch because the last half of season two, every time Cameron's having an interview, she's saying something negative about Catherine. And it's just like, girl, do something else with your life. Like Cameron's whole storyline is seems to be like, Catherine shouldn't be here. Catherine shouldn't be wearing that. Catherine's dressed like this when she should be dressed like that. Catherine's blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, bitch, you're a grown woman. Go live your life. Like it's so boring and like lame of you to make the, your whole storyline on this show, Catherine's judger, and to some degree, Craig's like overbearing sister. But then that gets tied into Catherine stuff as well. And it's like, same with Whitney. Every time there's an interview with Whitney, he's making a comment about Catherine. These people are legit obsessed with her. Well, I would say Cameron did not do herself any good uh, service by uh, backing T-Rav as hard as she backs T-Rav. Yeah. Um, and not coming out and saying it. I would say Whitney legit has an axe to grind. He yes. is angry and hates Catherine. And I mean, it, even with these uh, proper Southern people towards the end of this season, um, I mean, Catherine is screaming in Whitney's face and Whitney is just in a, the most smug, condescending of ways, uh, writing her off and kind of um, belittling her and making her feel very... Uh, trying his best to make her feel as small as possible. Yes. Um, by saying things, really uncouth things. Uh, I'm talking when they're at uh, 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 Jekyll and Hyde Island or whatever that is. So <laughs> Jekyll Island. What was Jekyll Island? Yeah. Uh, there's a big scene really at the end of it where... Um, uh, Catherine, uh, who's had enough of Whitney just talking out of turn behind her back, confronts him, screams in his face, talking about what a disgusting person he is, saying that when he was, she was like six months pregnant, nine, nine months pregnant, pregnant, taking uh, Travis to strip clubs. Um, and and I, I would say this is a good time to note the fact that when this season opens, uh, Whitney is clearly the campaign manager for T-Rav's campaign. And um, it really kicks off hardcore when they start making uh, Whitney and uh, starts making uh, campaign videos for T-Rav. One in particular is the T-Rav will, ra will raise the roof but won't raise your taxes, uh, which they show us this goofy friggin' video a hundred times over the season and he's raising the roof dancing like an old man and then like these uh women kind of dancing up next to him and then you know i've approved this message you know and then uh, once Catherine gets a whiff of this and realizes that whitney is to blame i mean that is the first time you see Catherine really put a uh, line in the sand and is like uh whitney's steering you wrong you look like an idiot um not only are you do you have women dancing on you but it's not even cool to raise the roof anymore i'm just letting you you know that it makes you look lame as fuck. Can you imagine just having had a baby and your partner is telling you, me being associated with you is going to hurt my campaign. I have to hide you. I can't mention you. You can't be, I can't be photographed with you. I have to hide you. And then being in a video with your friends dancing like that, like those are her friends. She, those right. are girls from her sorority house. Right. Like that must make you, that would make me so insane. And then to, then, and then to tell you you're getting upset for no reason. You're, you're acting crazy. And it's like, no, there is a double 
double standard here. You're some you're lying to me about something. And what he's lying to her about ultimately is that he will not commit to her. And so he's giving her, he's putting her in an impossible situation where he's like, do these things and I'll commit to you. And then he is not holding up his side of the bargain. So then when she speaks up and she stands up for herself, he's like, I can't commit to you. You're acting crazy. Yeah. And what makes it even more trash is the fact that T-Rav specifically uh, courted this woman in order to make him his campaign look better. Yes. And he once he realized that was not going to happen, he really tossed her aside. It's so and fucked up. So once uh, it comes out that um, a bunch of people do not like Whitney's campaign video uh, for T-Rav, uh, Whitney cuts T-Rav loose. This pisses Whitney off. I mean, no, T-Rav cuts, cuts Whitney loose. Can this I say one more thing? This pisses Whitney off, and he gets a new campaign manager who is a real brassy blonde lady who is bossing this guy around and really just taking up the, the torch of isolating Catherine even more so. I have two things to say. One, I love the campaign lady. I wish we could have seen more of her. She reminded me of the bird woman from Kids in the Hall. Second, I will say that um, this is another thing. where it's the chicken lady. Chicken lady. Another thing that this is like Catherine getting the short end of the stick is that like Catherine speaks up against this video and she's like, I don't like it. And then the whole rest of the season is like Catherine squished that video. Catherine didn't like that video. Catherine had a problem with the video. But the campaign manager is literally saying, we can't use that video. What are yeah. you talking about? But instead, Whitney brings it up. Catherine doesn't like the video. Catherine's the problem. This is the thing with Catherine. Like she is being honest and truthful and and right she's right about the video but everyone is blaming her for it getting pulled when literally pe people that t-rav has paid to guide him are telling him not to use that video agreed um and i would also say that i actually if we're going to take away the Catherine situation and how horrible that she's being treated in this second season um like you said before but didn't get into um we found out on the internet that he was keeping her in a basement yeah with the baby for most of that time that they were spending together and then later in the season buys her uh and also he had um, oh my god he had sold his downtown charleston house he and isolates and her and then moves them all to like the country to the uh plantation two hours away from her friends and her family puts her in a basement I mean, this is a woman who clearly is not. She is so strong in my mind. Like she has no support. She's been isolated. This is like bizarre emotional abuse. And he's just a monster. And then uh, when he realizes that she's kind of unhappy and that's getting in the way of his campaigning, he buys uh, them a house back in downtown Charleston and then sticks her in that house and then does not come and visit her at all. He's like, that's yeah. it basically for the rest of the season as yeah. far as those two being together. And we basically learned in the reunion, even though they didn't get into it, but Catherine says you were cheating on me the whole time. I wasn't really your girlfriend. So that whole time where he's like um, texting her and being like, I can't come home tonight. I need to stay and work on the campaign. I guess he was cheating on her. Yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate we don't have more proof of that because I would have liked to seen uh, what actually was going on throughout this entire season. God, you know what? I have so much to say, Nick, and I, I can. I... It's great. Let's move on to another topic we can bounce off because it's it's very adjacent to this but i just wanted to bring this up now if you took the Catherine situation out okay of what yes. he was doing to her yes the fact that he had a baby all of these terrible things that he shouldn't been acting the way i actually personally think that whitney's campaign video and 
approach to the TRAV campaign was not a terrible idea. It did make him kind of look lame, the raising of the roof part. That was the lamest part. But I think once you're a reality TV star, you are a convicted felon for drug possession and and, uh, intent to distribute. Um, And yet you have a huge profile uh, in a fun party town. You know, Charleston does seem like a, whether they want to class it up as much as possible with their polo and their white pants, that's a fucking party town. Yeah, but he's not running in Charleston. He's running in South Carolina, which is not a party. Well, I'm going to say this. There's enough people who are watching that show who are young people who don't really have their political views made up yet to where somebody who claims that they are um, fiscally conservative and socially liberal uh, and they're coming out of their parents who are both fiscally conservative and socially conservative, but they have gay friends. They like to party. They're turning 30 and they're not married yet. You know, I kind of feel like there was a demo that he could have attached himself to, which was the Trump demo, Yeah, which was like the famous guy. Yeah, sure, I grabbed a bunch of ladies, but I'm a good guy. You want to have a beer? I mean, this is- Wow, I didn't even think about the Trump thing. Yeah, this is evil to think this way, but this is how strategists think, and Whitney, who could 100% be a Trump, yeah. Do you know what I mean? A rich guy who's dealing with his parents' money, who just parties and has sex with uh, women who are much, much too young for him. Um, you know, even though he carries himself as a liberal guy, you know, these are really socially liberal, fiscally conservative guys, which you can kind of call a libertarian. There's a lot more that goes into that. But you could trick an 18-year-old fresh voter to be like, I like T-Rap from that show, man. He's cool. And he's like part of Charleston scene. And it's like, I'll vote for him, man. I'll have a beer with this guy. He could have done it that way now spoiler alert at the end of this season um you know he ends up getting two percent of the vote he was looking for 18 percent of the vote it really was a huge huge failure because he at the end of the season um there was a woman who uh Catherine's hairdresser who he like pushed down the slam the door on her 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 down the chair at stairs yeah he's a monster in a drunken haze right she charged him with assault yeah and you don't do any of that stuff if you're running for campaign yeah (laughs) or if you're a normal uh person you shouldn't be doing those things but i will say you know all of that other stuff aside i thought that was his best possible chance of getting the percentage he was looking for you know what i want to disagree with you but i agree yeah and so i kind of feel like whitney was right and he really held to it um throughout everything which was like no people are not going to vote for this guy because uh of his uh you know uh, his past and his public persona and so let's just lean into it and i think if he would have leaned into it a little bit more they would have they wouldn't have been as embarrassed as they were at the end of this season so i mean that's just that that's a, a lot saying we can go back if you want and talk more about that situation but i do think we should uh, move on to a different uh, set of uh, topics here i have yeah and I, I think what we should talk about unless you disagree which is craig i think we should talk about craig that was another huge part yeah. of this season poor craig so, i love me some craig by the way other than uh um the fact that we have a new character named landon okay that's what i was gonna say was that we exchanged one dud for another cannot stand landon so landon is a new character replacing jenna she uh was divorced a year and a half prior to a very rich man they lived in los angeles she's made her way back to her hometown of charleston now living on a houseboat and she has like some sort of a past with shep 
she seems to have maybe gone to high school with Shep. Yeah. Um, they seem to be very uh, good, fun friends, although you don't see them that often together in this season. Yeah, and I feel like when you do, Shep looks annoyed. Yeah, Shep does kind of look annoyed, and she's annoying. She has an annoying laugh. She laughs after every statement she makes. And her eyes are always like this. She's always like squinching up her face. Like, Ugh. And her storyline is kind of um, a parallel uh, to what happens when you are a young, kept woman by a man who... Um, has no respect for you. Yeah. Uh, kind of uh, parallel to the Catherine situation. And she does kind of intersect with Catherine and gives her some advice throughout this season. Um, the other thing that we're seeing here is that she is some sort of a fashion designer. Yeah. And uh, there's a man, and I think we met this man season one. What's the man's name who puts on all the fashion Cameron? shows? No, Cameron is the is a woman's. Is oh, the I woman. thought his name was Cam Craig. Craig is no. Craig, Craig is a guy. Another Shit. guy on this show. Yeah, it's okay. There's a designer who's trying to bring uh, old Charleston back to to the red headed skinny little noodle man. Yeah, and he has very fun, like classically, you know. Uh, uh, southeastern he threw uh, the founders ball yes he throws a founders ball and all these fun things and Landon is interloped with this person and they're putting on this founders ball and they're they're setting that up throughout the entire season and I'll be honest folks could it could have left this one in the dust didn't need to see this storyline don't care about it at all bored me didn't care um, I guess this the types the times in which Craig and Shep were kind of intermixed as models were was a little bit fun, but the preparation, all of that stuff, yeah, it's fun outfits and fun decor, but I I couldn't care less mm. about this whole thing and mm. could really leave Landon right there with them. I, I don't care about Landon; she was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we should just move on from that, unless you have another thing to say about Landon in particular. Mm. Not really. I just don't know like who she's friends with or why she's there. Yeah, and she wasn't even in most of the. You know, she was I kind of isolated. Her incredibly unwatchable. You know, Cooper. That was his name. Cooper. Yeah, and it was like Craig Cameron. I knew mm-hmm. it started with the C. Um, I I just I'm so interested in why reality television personalities fail and why they succeed. Like in my mind, Catherine is you know so watchable she's so watchable she's quirky she's vulnerable i mean remember that scene when um t-rav has learned that he's lost the senate and he's sitting at the bar and she goes over to talk to him and he's like thank you for your support and he turns away and she just kind of taps him on the shoulder and she's like what are you doing right now what is this like the two of them are so watchable t-rav too like such a reality personality why is Landon so unwatchable? Why doesn't it work? She just doesn't have any hooks into what's actually going on, what we Cameron care about. Cameron doesn't either, but Cameron has like quips. Like I can watch Cameron. Yeah, she's a good narrator for the sh- for the show, but she and she's quite literally the narrator on yeah. the show. Like the uh what happened last week and what's happening this week as they do before every episode. Yeah. Um, she was that part and they needed to cuz she had nothing this yeah. season. Cameron had nothing. Even less than what she had last season. Mm-hmm. She got drunk in one episode, has nothing else to add to this season and that's unfortunate and that's because she's not opening up herself the only thing she has to add is negative commentary about Catherine. so craig is the other big uh story here i mean yeah. yes of course we open up this season seeing shep 
bought a house and Whitney has and Whitney and him while that house is being built Whitney and him are renting out a beach house on the on the beach and Whitney has a restaurant that doesn't seem to be working and Shep has started a restaurant that does seem to be working a hot dog restaurant yeah. just like Whitney's uh, business partner said that he wouldn't open up a hot dog stand with Shep well goddamn it Shep opened up a bar hot dog stand yeah and it seems like a kind of a fun place to go and I hope it's still open because if I ever make my way down to Charleston I'm going there it does seem cool um and uh aside from that the big thing here is Craig is a party boy. Craig is partying, 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 and he's going to his day job later, later, and later. 3 p.m. Showing 3 up to his 9 to 5 at 3 p.m. Um, and that culminates with um, he uh, his boss inviting him over to his incredible estate um, and in the most casual way ever over a bottle of wine firing Craig. Yeah. And it's a wonderful scene because this guy wants to be on this show so bad and he loves it. So you kind of feel the whole time you're like, well, this guy's into it, but then he still has to fire Craig. <laughs> yeah. So and Craig was almost like, oh, like the bottle of wine, the fact the that we do, we're doing a whole shoot here. The cameras were here before I got here. I kind of figured this would be a lot more lighthearted. Yeah, there's a shot from the of the back of you meeting me on the veranda. Yeah, I mean, this uh, you couldn't be firing me here, but alas, he's being uh, canned on the spot. So now he doesn't have a job, and uh, you know, part of the reason is uh, Shep and Whitney are saying that all he's doing is going out and partying every 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 night you cannot do that and um that whole uh we peak with this uh, uh, on a trip the boys make to delaware to um craig's family's house and uh it's who seem to be real sweet real people. sweet god-loving people in delaware um and they go up there they love craig we go and we see craig's house uh bedroom he's it's stacked uh, ceiling to floor with uh, trophies and medals and first place certificates and uh, Whitney is taking all this in while he's drinking straight vodka out of a glass and then when they sit down for dinner even though he promised Craig that he would not say anything, he immediately goes to his parents. So what are we going to do with Craig? I mean, all he does is party all day long. He doesn't go to his job. What, what are we doing with him? I'm worried about him. And then the God-loving parents looking at Craig, he going, that's not Craig. And then Craig being like, uh, not every night, you know, and uh, really uh, fucking throws him right under the bus. And then they go out and they, they golf the next day, Shep, Craig, and uh, Whitney. And then Craig... Craig uh, confronts Whitney on the green and it's an emotional moment where Craig is like, why'd you have to do this to me? And Whitney's like, well, somebody needed to do it. You're beating around the bush. And Shep is backing up Whitney by being like, listen, you don't understand. Like you, you, you do so much backpedaling. You do so much lip service. Um, when's it going to egg in Craig? I mean, these guys are coming down on Craig like they have stock in him. You know what I mean? Like it's very bizarre. What do you think is actually happening? I cannot tell because at the reunion when Andy was basically like, why are you guys so shitty to Craig? Shep was like, Craig's that kind of friend who, and then he just like lists a lot of behaviors that I would attribute to someone with ADD. He comes to the beach, forgets his sunglasses and towel. Yeah, like, loses go out his to keys. dinner, doesn't have his keys. It's like, oh, leave the guy alone. Like, clearly he's struggling. Like, why, what is this all about? And then I will say the veneer, you know, I'm a big Shep fan, especially season one, 
um, especially the Southern Gentleman trailer that we watched that we didn't discuss, especially the first half of season two. And the, the veneer on Shep is cracking for me in A, the way he treats Craig. I do not like this. I don't like just constantly being shitty to Craig because Craig is, you know, absent minded. Like it's bullying to me a little. And then I have another way that the um, the veneer is cracking on Shep, but I'll save that for when we're done with Craig. So then on the green, you know, after he's confronting these two guys and they're not backing down, Craig throws it out all out on the table. He's like, yeah, man, I'm going out, man. Every night I'm spending too much money. I can't afford my place, I'm paying too much rent. I got to get I got to get it together. And it seems like they're all happy that Craig is admitting to his own shit. And uh, that he's finally going to get it together. Um, And then at the end of the season, I mean, this big, it all uh, really revolves around the fact that Craig continues to not take the bar exam. And then the next bar is coming up and uh, he has decided that all he needs is like uh, five weeks to study for this thing when everybody usually spends like a year studying for it. But he thinks he can do it in a few weeks and everybody's telling him, get your shit together, Craig. That is not good enough and so at the end of the season we get a little tag where we see craig packing up his stuff and driving back up to delaware and this man moves back in with his family so he could take the bar and study and just be out of the uh, realm uh that is uh the charleston scene meanwhile it's like the reason why he's partying all the time is because whitney and and shepherd taking him out like this is something that we talked about me and ash talked about while we were watching it These guys being like, come on, man, get it together. You know what was happening. Craig was the new, fun, young guy in town. Um, These Whitney and Shep have disposable incomes. Whitney especially needs a fun, young guy to be around so that fun, young girls feel comfortable around Whitney. And it's like, you you bring Craig. Craig's on your tab all night. He hangs out. He draws pretty ladies to him. And then, you know, Whitney picks him off or something. You know this was happening. Yeah. And now, you know, Whitney leaves, right, throughout the summer he. Uh, while they're not shooting he's in Europe He's he has a new girlfriend that we get to see for like one second who's a reality star in like Sweden or Germany Germany yeah. and um, he comes back and he's seeing you know Craig and he's like what the f- this guy's partying every night he's not doing anything he's like we gotta get this guy in shape meanwhile you're the guy who set the fuse you know yeah. what I mean and you could tell they're not saying that but you could tell Craig is like T-Rev, Whitney, and to a certain extent, Shep's like younger friend that kind of baits, you know, fun. Yeah. You know, the women come towards Craig because he's a a handsome guy. Handsome, young. And he seems like if I was out and about, I would be like, I could trust Craig. Yeah. And he does seem trustworthy. Yeah. Um, Now, this there's some allegedness. I'm going to say allegedly here. That uh, uh, Ashley did some digging on the internet. I looked around on the internet, and it turns out, and and I'm also basing this off of what it looks like every morning they show up. <laughs> I think these guys are doing a lot of cocaine. Folks. Yeah, and I think Craig might have been doing a lot of cocaine. I think he owed someone some money, and, and he had to leave Charleston for a bit. And that's why he had to go to Delaware um, with, uh, you know, and and that was the real reason 
why Whitney and Shep were really mad at him at this Delaware trip is because they were evading drug dealers with him. And they were like, dude, this has to stop now. But they never say it, so it does seem like way blown out of proportion. But if you were to replace with, come on, man, you're partying every night with, come on, man, you owe Coke dealers money? Like, that does, like, the energy of the words they were speaking matches up with the drug part and not with the, hey, how come you're not taking the bar exam part? Yeah. So we're not too sure what's going on. You know, we're getting what they're giving us. But, uh, you know, it seems like Craig was going to get it together. He drove his ass back to Delaware, moved back in with his parents to take the bar, and it was going to be okay. Although it seems like at the reunion, um, they that Craig still hasn't cleaned his shit up yet. And Shep and Whitney are still mad at Craig over the reunion. Um, now, a lot of the Shep stuff is animosity that, you know, I think a lot of people, hey, Andy Cohen thought there's some jealousy going on. Oh, yeah. Craig being a younger, handsomer version of Shep. And, uh, you know, he de- denies it, denies it, denies it. Shep does. Uh, but there's a fantastic scene that we see at the very end of this. Right, Ash? Yeah. Uh, what What is that? It's an auction for wounded warriors. Yes. Patricia sets it up. She auctions off eligible bachelors for a dinner. Shep uh, he gets an auction. He gets bought for like 5000 by an up-and-coming country singer. Craig does. Craig, yes. Craig. So Craig goes up first. That's yes. very important. It's yes. Shep and Craig being auctioned off. Craig goes up first. I think there were more people involved, but well, maybe just the two of them. It's all we see is yeah. these two uh, eligible bachelors. And uh, Craig goes up first, and we had just watched a performance from an up-and-coming uh, country singer. Don't know her name. But this woman uh, pays five grand, $5,001 to, for a, a date with Craig. Yep. And then Shep goes up there. Nobody votes on him except for Cameron, who pays, I think, 1700 bucks for no, him. No, $17. Are, are you sure? It was 1750 I think. Yeah, but it wasn't 1750 bucks. I don't think, I think so. It, I mean, that's pretty embarrassing for Cameron not to put $20 up. Yeah. I think it was seven, I think it was 1000 bucks, And okay. I think Cameron, which I thought was crazy that Cameron spent that much money on him, like maybe 1000 but they did seventeen hundred, um, and uh, boy is Shep heated after this. So mad. Um, him and Craig have an altercation outside where Shep keeps going. Come on, man. Why? Because some country singer fake bit on you, and then Craig's like, "I'm out of here." Shep's and, like getting in his face, and Shep still holds to this day. Well, at least at the reunion where. Everybody knows that if yeah. the first person who's auctioned off, they everybody spends all their money on that person, and then the next person doesn't get as much money. You know, he can't admit defeat to yeah. Craig. And then admits that he is a very competitive guy and that a lot of that might have come from the competition, but mm-hmm. still never admits that he is jealous. Now, what is the... Um, cracks in the Shep veneers. It's just that he's it's becoming clear that he's like such a misogynist. Like at the reunion when Cameron's like the perfect girl for Shep is someone who will sit in the corner and be quiet and let him do his thing. And then the perfect girl for him it comes out later in the reunion is someone that calls him on his shit. It's like you that those two things that's oil and water. Those two things don't go together. He wants something that doesn't exist because he doesn't want to settle down. Also, we saw in season two him talking to Cameron about his first love. Do you remember this? Yeah. Where he's like, I knew this girl and we were in love. And like, I knew I w- it was love because if, if she didn't feel okay, I didn't feel okay. And it didn't work out because we were so young and like, not, you know, we were too young. But now, now 
I can't settle down until I have that feeling again. I won't settle down. I won't get in a relationship until I feel that way again. And that is just like a classic fuckboy backstory that I have heard my whole life. And it's like you take this girl and you put her on a pedestal from your early years and you go, no, no one will ever live up to her. No one will ever live up to her. And it gives you the excuse of never having to settle again and never having to treat people like they deserve to be treated and with respect, never having to get in a relationship. You have this constant excuse. You have this girl you've put on a pedestal. But if you go talk to that girl girl you put on a pet that he put on a pedestal I bet you a hundred dollars she would be like yeah he cheated on me you know right. like that I've been that girl on the pedestal and I've also been the girl who doesn't live up to the girl on the pedestal that is a classic fuckboy thing and it allows him to it gives him a free pass of never having to commit now another thing that we see on the reunion is after all of this fighting. I mean the reunion is really brutal on se- on uh, the second season and uh there uh Catherine it's like Catherine versus everybody else except for Craig who has made a big turnaround with Catherine. They are now buddies. Yeah, Craig's sticking up for her which I love and I want to say something about the Jekyll Island incident when Catherine was yelling at Whitney. That whole thing all the commentary um, from the the cast came about like and then Catherine comes out of nowhere and starts yelling at Whitney and then Catherine made a scene Whitney was talking shit about her and she overheard him and she came out and stuck up for herself that is what happened she didn't just appear and start screaming at Whitney but they they paint it as if she just popped up out of nowhere and started yelling at Whitney but we the viewer know he was talking shit about her she heard it and stuck up for herself why is that not the narrative that the rest of the cast is saying I don't understand they have they have preconceived notions they've already decided that they don't like her Um, the only person that stood up for her in that situation was Craig who was like talking to Whitney and being like listen you, you guys don't talk to her unless you're sleeping with her. Like, you're shitty, you know? Yeah. And then that night, they Craig and Catherine go off, and then they get lost on a beach on Jekyll Island. They ride the golf cart until it dies. And then apparently they had to keep themselves warm and sleep on the beach all night. And uh, this Not has... all night. They walked around till 6, like 5 a.m., and then they couldn't walk anymore. And so Craig dug them holes into the beach and they slept in the holes and do you believe that they didn't hook up that night i do she has very she has every right to hook up with craig i believe they did not hook up i don't know what happened that night and uh i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't be mad if any any of the options i think she very much should have hooked up with craig i bet i do not think they hooked up i do not think they kissed but i bet they cuddled for body warmth yeah. And just for intimacy. Now, on the reunion, after they're, I mean, it gets so brutal where, like, they're literally yelling, uh, T-Rav and Catherine ye- literally yelling about child support back and forth and the fact that T-Rav has only paid her two checks, giving her $2,500 a month with, thank God for Andy Cohen, looks at him and goes, that's really low. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, he's like, well, that's that's the max in our state. That's the max in our state. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but Mr. About to Take the Bar, uh Craig popped up and goes, Hold on, is that um is that child support or is that like um uh spouse support or something like that? Like had a qu- had a question for T Rav, also probably a hundred percent knows how much he's being paid and everything, and knowing that no, I you know, basically letting us know or trying to kind of pose the question um, you know, rhetorically probably 
letting everybody know that like he's using a loophole by paying her this amount of money and only paying her on the basis of this because they don't live together Mm -hmm. but probably should be paying her this if they did like Mm -hmm. there's probably some loophole where she would be getting like double that if not more she should get yeah T-Rav is a millionaire he's he's a multi 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 millionaire his daughter should get more than $2500 a month. $2500 a month for your for your, your daughter uh, your, your... and 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 the and the mother of your child who probably can't work at this point because yeah. she has a daughter. I mean that's like a that's like for cold brew. You can't even you know, afford like... yeah, you can't even afford <laughs> childcare I mean, with $2500 a month. I mean it, for a normal situation, I would kind of say $2500 a month it's like okay, like that's you know, be a lot for me to pay. Let's just say that. This is the elite these folks elite and they're on television um to boot so i mean i thought that was kind of wild but even with all of that it all of a sudden becomes alluded to by everybody being like well like i mean they'll probably hook up tonight like uh, Catherine, like when was the last time you and travis like slept together and then they were like i don't know three weeks ago and it like made it seem as if they hadn't seen each other for a year they hate each other so clearly there's something going on especially with the fact that the way it ends where it kind of ends on a happy note between the two of them where Andy's like, I bet you you guys are going to sleep together tonight. And they're kind of like both like going, huh, huh, huh. And then Catherine in a, you know, makes this proclamation or says this thing where she's like, I know he's lying to himself. I know he loves me more than he shows that he loves me. He loves our family. He loves us. So really we're left with this. I thought that he had, she was like finally leaving this guy in the dust, but we're left with, her being like, no, I would like to take him back, and I think he wants me back. And so she did not say I would like to take him back. She says a lot would have to happen for us to even begin talking about that. Yes, but, but she says she began I talking love about him. It. She began talking about it. She said, I will. I love him. I will lo- always love him. He's the father of my child, and knows that she that he feels uh, a way about her. And I agree with her. I think he is. I think. That Catherine is the woman that T. Rav wants and loves. He just can't admit it to himself. Guys, this is quite a drama, <laughs> and we cannot wait to get into season three, folks. So I can't wait. Let's a, start tonight. In a couple of weeks, uh, expect the next uh, the next episode uh, in the series of Southern Charm. But uh, uh, do not forget to watch Are You the One, all the episodes, because uh, next Monday we're going to be dropping a podcast talking all about that crazy situation. We can't wait. And remember, um, as Ashley let you know earlier, I'm going to tell you again, please give us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Review us, please, on there. Say something nice. It's very nice for us to check and see new reviews. It makes us feel real good. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at RealityBlowsPod. You can email us at RealityBlowsPodcast at gmail.com. You can find Ashley on Twitter at Ashley B. Roberts. You can find me on Instagram at Nick Maritato. Just search my name, baby. It's N-I-C-K-M-A-R-I-T-A-T-O. Folks, that's the show. Good day. Bye.